Welcome to Farm Focus, a podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. I'm William Whistler. Monday is the 4th of July holiday, so this week I spoke to AFBF's Chief Economist Roger Cryan about the annual cookout cost national survey conducted by AFBF. Joined this week on the Farm Focus podcast with uh, AFBF's Roger Cryan. Uh, Roger, you know, bringing you on here to talk about the 4th of July cookout results uh, for the survey this year. Uh, I know this is an annual thing. Uh, if you could start out by just talking about this year's uh, cookout survey, maybe a little intro into what it is and uh, how it works. Sure. Well, the, the, we do this uh, survey every year. We've done the, the, the Thanksgiving survey for quite some time. It's an old uh, Farm Bureau tradition. Uh, and for the last 10 years now, we've been doing this July 4th survey. Uh, it is. It consists of our our members, uh, your members, going out. Our members and your members going out to uh, the grocery store and collecting prices and seeing what's actually being charged for food in the store. It is not a scientific survey, um, but it is rooted like everything we do at Farm Bureau. It's rooted in the engagement of our members and their, what they bring to the table and what they put on the table. I gotcha. And- you know, the, the findings these last couple of years uh, indicated very small increases in cost. I think last year it may have even went down a couple cents. But obviously there's a lot of different factors that have kind of led to the uh, 17% increase that's being reported for this year. Uh, or about, give or take, you know, $10 on the national average cost from last year. But what do you think are maybe some of those uh, bigger factors for the increase this year? There's a, there's a few things going on, Will, uh, on these, these prices. One of the things I think that needs to be mentioned anytime we talk about higher prices right now is, is general inflation. And general inflation is running relatively high. It, uh, is 8.6%, I think, in, in May, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That, and that general inflation is really a product of the Federal Reserve Bank pumping way too much money into the economy in uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, anytime, anytime there's too much of anything, it gets cheap. And there's been there are too many dollars now out there, and they got cheap, so the prices of everything else went up. That's a that's a serious issue, and it's going to be addressed, we hope, over the next couple of years. But in addition to that, there have been all kinds of supply chain issues and uh, related to food and food and agricultural inputs. One, one thing that's happened is demand really uh, grew for all kinds of things um, as the, as the economy recovered. People started buying stuff instead of going out during COVID. Um, that we're still recovering um, on this. You know, the entertainment sector is still recovering, but folks are buying a lot of a lot of stuff, including a lot of food. Demand is high. That raises prices. But in addition, we've got challenges in globally on food on the food side. Uh, uh, for forty years, we've been we've been very lucky. We've had. Uh, a lot of success and a lot of a lot of changes that favored global food security. We had the collapse of the Soviet Union and market reforms in Russia, and all those things led to markets uh, making making agriculture more efficient in in those countries. And so, for forty years, we've had increasing agricultural productivity and growing agricultural production. We've had growth and and uh, even even here growth in yields and effective application of new new technologies. But now, uh, for the first time in a very long time, we have a major disruption to, to world food supplies. The war in Ukraine is, is really disrupting things. It is, it is cutting off the supplies of a, a lot of grain and oil seeds that are not in 
Africa and in the Middle East. Um, it's cut off a lot of fuel and fertilizer supplies that were dependent on in Europe and a lot of other places. And it's raised the prices of, of food and of, of agricultural inputs, which also uh, contributes to raising food prices. So it's uh, there's a lot of factors going on, but um, and we don't we don't normally get into sort of global geopolitics when we're talking about the Fourth of July uh, picnic survey. Um, <laughs> But it's it's a big deal, and it's uh, it's something we we want to bring up whenever we. Are. Um, I'd say uh, I'm sorry for going on and on here, but the, the the important lesson I think from the challenge that this one event in Ukraine is is causing uh, is to re- remember that it's not that easy to feed the world. Farmers have made it look easy. It's not that easy. It's really important that we continue to support productive agriculture. We can't solve our problems. We can't solve our environmental problems by producing less, by farming less. We can find ways to farm better, but, but we have to support and maintain productive agriculture if we're going to achieve anything like food security around the planet. Yeah, and I think you brought up a lot of good points that you know really, really showcases what's been going on with inflation lately. And obviously, as you mentioned, the war is such a big thing in Ukraine, and some of those uh, other things that have brought like higher fertilizer costs and production costs right now as you kind of touched on there but you know with farming production costs being so high and you know fuel costs being so high is there kind of do you feel like there's a timeline from when you might see it maybe peak and start to level off or you know do you kind of expect these increases to kind of continue at this point those are those are uh, great questions Uh, one of the things one of those elements general inflation a lot of folks seem to think that it could turn around any time, but I think we've got maybe two years worth of inflation in the five to five nine percent range going forward. That will that will affect um, food prices. It will contribute to the nominal prices of food going up. In terms of the general supplies, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that's a real wild card is is how long is this is this conflict in Ukraine going to last? If it gets settled. All kinds of things can open up. All kinds of all kinds of things. If they clear out the ports, you know, you know if they if the ports are opened up and all those those grain bins in Ukraine full of grain that hasn't been able to be shipped makes is made available. And if the if the farmers out there are able to, to plant with uh, safety, things things can really open up. If if we can settle our differences with with uh, Russia and Belarus and and fertilizer supplies can come out, that could help. But uh, there's also the fact that there's just been really strong demand as the economy uh, around the world has, has recovered from COVID. There's just been really strong demand for all kinds of things. And uh, fertilizer fertilizer can be addressed over the next few, few years, I suppose, two, three years by expanding uh, uh, fertilizer uh, production. The U.S. has the U.S. and North America. North America generally is self-sufficient fertilizer, but there's a lot of potential to, to produce more if if there's support, if there's a, 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 a you know regular a regulatory environment where where um, where phosphate mining can expand and uh, uh, where where fertilizer production can be made plausible feasible. We've had issues with uh, the, the, Chi- the Chinese are one of the big uh, fertilizer producers and they basically blocked exports for, for some time and they 
So let's see what they do, whether they lift those uh, come July or not. But the, a strong economy means means uh, a strong demand and, and high prices. So we'll, we'll have to see. It's uh, we always there's been times in the past when we've worried that this is a long term problem, and one way or the other, farmers have always found ways to, to grow out of it. The U.S. farmer, American farmer, can can fill a lot of these gaps, but it, it doesn't. It takes a little time. They can't do it overnight. So. Uh, again, it, it comes back around again to the importance of, of really providing a, a good environment for, for productive agriculture. And you talked, you know, there a good bit about the reasons for inflation and some of uh, some of the outlook on that. But you know, kind of getting into the cookout results itself. Uh, being in Pennsylvania, being in the Northeast region this year, it went from uh, or the average price for ten people was sixty-seven dollars and thirteen cents, which was a six dollar and seventy one cent increase from last year. So, uh, looking at some of the numbers, like the price of two pounds of ground beef on average was up at I believe eleven dollars and twelve cents, which is a thirty six percent increase. Uh, you have the two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breasts, which is eight ninety nine, which is up thirty three percent on average. And then you have thirty two ounces of pork and beans, which is two fifty three, up thirty three percent. And so on, you know, you have the three pounds of center cut pork chops, which are fifteen twenty six on average, up thirty one percent. So obviously everything is going up, but what what do you think kind of made beef have the sharpest increase of those, and what do you make of some of those changes? You know, with all those uh, things being up, you know, well into the thirties as far as uh, increases. Well, they're moving with other other prices. Um, they're they're moving higher. I I, I would. My, my first response was not the most scientific survey. On the other hand, the consistency across uh, regions and so forth about these, these relatively high increases in, in meat price uh, do, do call attention to that sector. And of course, and margins and you know what the farmers are getting and what the, the meat packers are, are getting, all those things have been a major topic of discussion in, in, in the last couple of years. So there's there's a there's a lot to talk about probably too much to, to talk about right now yeah and you know on the flip side of that you have uh some of the other things that are listed in the survey included two points of strawberries a pound of sliced cheese and a 16 ounce bag of potato chips and all those things were down uh strawberries were down 16 percent at four dollars and 44 cents a pound of sliced cheese was down 13 percent at three dollars and 53 cents and then the 16-ounce bag of potato chips was down 4% at $4.71. Uh, obviously, it's good to see some things go down. Uh, what do you think in particular led to those changes? Well, some of the, some of the um, processed foods, a lot of the things, that, a lot of things out there, there's been a lot of ups and downs uh, since, since COVID. Um, you know, we're two years out, and um, it's, it's, it's just sort of following following ups and downs. Uh, I, uh, where um, eggs are eggs are up because of the HPAI issues. Fruits and vegetables are 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 down because our farmers are putting stuff on the table. So so there you go. Yeah, and you know the agriculture department uh, they had the revised or their uh, you know their annual food dollar series that reported the. The farmers received about, I believe, is eight percent of every food marketing dollar. So, the farmer's share of retail food dollar was like as low as two to four percent. 
for highly processed foods, which I believe the examples were bread and cereal, and then, you know, 35% maybe for some fresh products. So uh, what would you, uh, you know, make of that and how, uh, how farmers have been impacted as far as their return on, on the food and, you know, just trying to, trying to keep up with inflation in that sense? Because obviously when you're only getting 2 to 4% of, of, you know, the return on investment there, it's uh, not necessarily their return on investment, but um, the marketing dollar. So like to have low numbers, it's probably very challenging with the circumstances that are out there right now. Yeah, the, the price that the farmer gets uh, nominally for the for out of the retail dollar is, I think it's somewhere in the range of uh, 15 or 16%, but that includes a bunch of marketing costs, the just, just expenses that get it to market. So when you're talking about the, the, what they're getting essentially at the farm gate, um, it's about eight, eight cents per, per dollar. Uh, I think it's really important, I think, for everybody to kind of recognize that the healthier you eat, the more money goes to the farmer because it's that outside that outside ring of the supermarket um the fresh the fresh uh, meats the uh the fresh fruits and vegetables and the, the dairy products that uh where the highest share goes goes to the farmer uh, a gallon of milk very often a gallon of milk will uh, half of that retail price will go back to the to the farmer's price and uh you know even even cheese and butter uh, a lot of that, a, a relatively high share of that goes goes back to the farmer, and the same thing for for meat, fruits, and vegetables. So, um, I would always encourage folks to eat healthy because the healthier you eat, the healthier you are, and also the the, the more you're contributing directly to the to the farmer's bottom line. Yeah, and it seems uh, that you know maybe one thing that COVID brought out was the was the you know direct farm to table aspect of. Uh, Farmers being able to sell directly to consumers, whether it was through like farm stores or, or like you know, in the beef market, uh, selling whole beefs or or half beefs or quarters or whatever it may be. Uh, a lot of seemed like that became more popular during COVID, and has that maybe helped? Do you think farmers trying to uh, trying to market themselves and you know maybe becoming a businessman in in this kind of uh, market being the way it is? Or businesswoman, I've I've talked to men and men and uh, men and women farming farming who uh, their direct sales exploded during the uh, during COVID. They just took off. They they just changed the nature of their business. And uh, I think it's another example of, of how how farmers find a way to make it happen. And um, uh, farmers find a way. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's really important to recognize that for all the talk that you hear out there about how the food system is, I think the food system performed beautifully during COVID. I mean, farmers kept farming, retailers kept, kept retailing. Uh, I spoke to a, a, a group of grocers the other day and I thanked them for the efforts that they made throughout the pandemic to keep that food moving. Um, you know, those folks, uh, they didn't just keep working. They kept working in the face of, you know, exposure to, to the, to the virus. And, uh, um, you know, the, the, our food system worked incredibly well. There were some glitches. There were some some serious disruptions that turned some things uh, sort of upside down. Uh, there were, you know, meat packers had some problems with uh, exposure, and there were here and there there were problems, but there was always enough food on the shelf, um, and and people always had something to eat. And those stores stayed open all the way through. Uh, they, you know, I, I think 
I think the American food system is is a beautiful thing, and it's I think it works remarkably well through the through the, the pandemic. Yeah, and that was something that was of the utmost importance, you know, coming into this. There was a lot of concerns about that and supply chain. You always hear about it, but it's been at least stable enough, as you said, you know, to support the demand to keep uh, food on the shelves for uh, for consumers. So that's obviously a, a really important thing. But talking about um, the uh, cookout results across the country, it seemed like you know, the West really seemed to be impacted the most as far as price increase. Um, across the country, it seemed pretty pretty close. You know, maybe you have a couple dollars here or there where it's different between, like, the Northeast, the Midwest, what, whatever. But it seemed like the West really was the one that was impacted in this survey, having the increase go on average from 2021 of $62.41 all the way up to $81.12 for, you know, this... Uh, this cookout for 10 people. So what do you think maybe was the driving factor behind the huge change in the West compared to, you know, maybe some other regions? Like, is there a particular reason maybe why they were hit harder or uh, how do you kind of see that? Well, uh, again, it's not, it is not necessarily the most scientific survey. There's probably something there. It's probably those, those changes are big enough that they, I'm sure they reflect something. Uh, the West, um, uh, does rely on a lot of things coming from uh, the West Coast, relies on a lot of things coming from other parts of the country. Uh, fuel costs have been very high, so when they're when they're bringing uh, manufactured products and canned products and and you know meat, a lot of meat uh, sold in the West comes comes uh, from the east or east of the Rockies. I think uh, the distances in the West are, are greater than in the rest of the country. I think in May, they're they're going to tend to see some impact just from just from transportation. Was there something, you know, maybe about the results of the survey that surprised you? Is there anything that stood out to you? Uh, I suppose I was surprised that it was a little bit higher even than what we saw in the BLS numbers for, for the food. But one of the factors that might have contributed to that is uh, just to, is in a tight market. Uh, stores probably are not um, uh, discounting as much. Our, our survey uh, is what people actually pay. The government, when they take their surveys, they there's a lot of discounts and specials that they don't include in their prices. They try they use essentially the list price, and the list price may uh, may not move the same way. Uh, but I think overall, the survey results really reflected uh, what's happening in in uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the food sector, and uh, uh, it's it, it's a pretty. Uh, it recommends a survey that it's a reasonably close reflection of what's what's showing up in the official numbers. What do you kind of expect to happen with uh, with the food market in the coming months? Uh, do you expect that once you get around to it, Thanksgiving's going to yield similar results as far as increases? Uh, are you kind of preparing for that? What do you what do you see with with where we're headed? Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, we're we're still in the same challenging situation. The, the, Disruptions again. The disruptions in Ukraine are, are rippling through the world. Uh, there's, I haven't, I haven't seen strong indications that uh, fuel costs will be down. Uh, the, this is going to be a challenging uh, crop year uh, as, as well, and so I, I, I don't see any particular reason. I would expect that uh, the Thanksgiving survey will 
probably show results that are in the same ballpark. Is there anything about the uh, about the survey that you kind of like to add, whether it's results, uh, something you expected that maybe you didn't get, or anything you'd like to add? You know about this survey. I know you had, I believe, it was 176 responses this year. Yeah, that sounds that's about right. Um, I I really appreciate uh, our members' participation. I really appreciate every every member that went out there and, and looked the prices up and entered in entered it online for us so that we could uh, get the benefit of uh, the, the, the view on the ground. And um, uh, we we've, we've tried to make it easy, and we really encourage folks if it comes comes your way, we really encourage you to to participate in Thanksgiving and again, uh, 4th of July. Um, you know, most years, this is a pretty light story that we can talk about. Well, there's a bit, a little bit up, a little bit down, whatever. Uh, this is a challenging year. It'll be a challenging year for a lot of folks. Uh, we're, we're very lucky in this, in this country to have all sorts of institutions to, uh, to take care of those who are in need, um, food banks and uh, SNAP program, the SNAP program and other feeding programs as well as as other uh, safety net programs to, to take care of folks who, who really are in need uh, but, but uh, we and we recognize that it still is it still pinches but uh, it's you know so it's, it's not a it's not a, it's not as light a story this year as, uh, as it, it, it often is but we you know hopefully next year or year after we'll be we'll be back to things just keep getting better you know, kind of wrapping up here too, you talked a little bit about resiliency with the farmers and, you know, their ability to just keep fighting through it and finding a way through uh, these challenges. And, you know, that's been a thing throughout history, not necessarily even just this year, but how have you maybe experienced, you know, in your position, just that resiliency and continued ability for farmers to find a way, you know, to keep producing? Well, that's, it's a tough year. I, uh, we had, um, uh, a meeting of uh, some dairy farmers uh, this this week, and um, it's uh, a little uh, uh, challenging to hear how many of them are uh, are selling their cows, and it's uh, it's a it's been a challenging time for a lot of farmers. And yet, the food supply grows over time. But, uh, it's um, you know, it's uh, again. I wish it was a, a lighter story, but this is a this is a challenging year. Farmers are not uh, they're not getting a windfall out of this these price increases. They are they may be getting higher prices for their products, but they're but they're paying really high prices for their inputs, and it's really taking a bite out of uh, the bottom line. I think uh, the USDA put out their estimates for net farm income earlier in the year, uh, very early in the year, and they were already projecting lower net net farm income in uh, 2022 than 2021 and uh, it's probably going to be even worse than they were projecting because uh, crop farmers are getting pinched by high fuel prices high fertilizer prices livestock producers are getting pinched by high crop prices in addition to the fertilizer and the fuel it's it's a it is a tough year for farmers and uh, as you said every year year after year for, for decades and centuries one of the farmers have uh, have, have uh, stepped up and done what's necessary but uh, uh, it is again it raises the point raises the the importance of maintaining uh, a supportive agri- uh, a supportive environment for for agriculture but you know Roger I appreciate you taking the time coming in uh, thank you for your your insight with everything at AFBF and 
obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with the with the Fourth of July holiday, and I hope you have a good holiday and get to enjoy it a little bit. Awesome. Thank you, Will. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean at pfbcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.